If I didn't have you to hold me tight If I didn't have you to lie with at night If I didn't have you to share my sighs Or kiss me and dry my tears when I cry Well, I really think that I would have somebody else Hello and welcome to the Up for Discussion podcast. My name is Tim Blay. And I'm Tom Salatni. And we're the only two people on this podcast this week. Apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, welcome. We do news and comedy and things. The only show on the internet where we talk about the things we talk about in the order that we talk about them. Sometimes we think we do funny things. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're sad. Sometimes we're happy. We don't know what today is going to be. Today is an angry day. Today is a little bit of an angry day. The metro shut down in Montreal here. Yeah. So I we are recording an hour and a half later than we thought we were. Yeah. Tom is pissed off. A little bit, yeah. Yep. Uh, and also because you left 20 minutes later than you needed to to begin with. And I might did. I had this problem if you left on time. To be fair, I don't know when the Metro stopped working. I just know it wasn't working when I arrived. It start. It was working when I left my office at the time you would have needed to leave your office to get here mm. by 4, because I got here at 4. That's a good point. Yep. Also, I was thinking this on the Metro. <laughs> why didn't we do this at my place? You we were already could've. there. Yeah, I don't know why we in didn't. In the area. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, anyway, so this isn't the only time this week that, um, transport things have screwed me up. In terms yeah, of you had that big uh, thing in the, the Halifax. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, I went to Halifax over the weekend. Beautiful Halifax, Nova Scotia. And, home of uh, the most gangsta gangsters in the East. Yeah, you know, it's just home of a lot of, like, really friendly white people. Um, no, it is. It's got a burgeoning hip-hop scene. Does A it? lot of angry people. Oh, cool. Yeah, angry uh, white people. I don't think yeah. I met any angry people while I was out there. They were all really friendly. Fair enough. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a great trip, but then, like, Sunday night while we're watching the Super Bowl, uh, we get an email that says that our flight's been canceled, and we've been put on a flight that leaves, like, the next day, and I was like, well, I can't do that, I have to go to work, so I called them and sat on hold with them for half an hour, and then, like, they finally were like, okay, well, we can put you on a flight that leaves an hour earlier than the one you originally scheduled for, I was like, why didn't you do that first? <laughs> uh, and so they you know, booked us on that. And then the next morning we woke up to an email saying that that flight was canceled. What was the, what was like, going on? There was just snow. There was a snowstorm. Just snow. Yeah. And Damn. then uh, and the earliest flight they could get us on leaving Halifax to get to Montreal was at like noon on Wednesday. Okay. And I was like, I need to not have that happen. <laughs> so uh, we got them to refund us and then we bought bus tickets and took a 19-hour bus ride from Halifax to Montreal. That's fun. I hate everything right now. <laughs> <laughs> what was the... Uh, did you have any events on your bus trip? Was it eventful? It was completely uneventful. It I mean, was... that's probably... I don't know if that's better. It's like... I, I think it's pretty better, yeah. There can be good events and bad events. Mm. The possibility for bad events probably outweighs the possibility of good events in terms of funness. Yeah, I mean, the good event is that we got here... Like exactly at the time that it said we would get here, there was no delay. There were no like, are we actually going to catch our transfer bus? Yada yada. Like everything went fine. That's <laughs> it was a, just still nineteen hours on a fucking bus. That's amazing. Well, I'm uh, weird. I would think that like, because a bus is affected by snow for its entire journey, whereas a plane is affected by snow for literally like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like the the there was a snowstorm like hitting the Maritimes or whatever, mm. like hitting Halifax especially. Uh, and so like our bus left four hours before that storm hit Halifax, whereas our flight was scheduled for right when the storm was going to hit Halifax. Uh. So like it makes sense. And we managed to like, you know, we drove fast enough that by the time we got to New Brunswick, uh, 
it you know there was snow but it wasn't like serious snow it was still like four degrees and you know right just kind of nasty yeah exactly well i mean it on on balance i guess the uh the worst case scenario of dying in a plane crash is significantly worse than what happened i mean i don't know about that (laughs) (laughs) i'm just so done (laughs) i guess I, i guess you know it's it's maybe neutral yeah. Maybe that's the ultimate neutral, dying. Dying in a plane crash? Yeah. It's like nothing good or bad happens to you after that. Nothing will ever inconvenience me again. I'll never have to deal with the metro being shut down. <laughs> <laughs> when I am dead, the metro will always run on time. STM problems, worse than death. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So your new video came out. It did. The Science of Love. It's pretty good. Thanks. I liked it. Do you have any qualms about it? Uh, I... I do actually i really? felt like the instrumentation and maybe this is just the earphones i was listening on okay. i have not listened to it in like proper earphones yeah. or over speakers yet but i felt like the vocals i should say the lead vocal were louder than the instruments in terms of the mix and i really? was kind of there were points when i was like i don't really hear what's happening with the instruments right now well, the lead vocal or the uh the choir vocal the lead vocal interesting because you yeah. always used to complain about my, mix, my mixes of cabin before. nine yeah that you couldn't hear the lead vocal. Yeah, no. Uh, and I think it might just be that I was listening in bad earphones. Okay. So I don't know for sure. But there were moments when I was like, I wish I could hear what was happening with the instruments a little bit more right now. It may be because of, because you know that song pretty well, right? I like do, the original, yeah. Somebody to Love. That In that song, the vocals are mixed so far down, like the lead vocal. Right. You can't tell. I had to like strain and do, like sometimes I had to actually do like weird EQ filter effects just to tell okay. what Freddie Mercury was doing. Right. Because he's so buried. Yeah, that makes sense. "Eh, I want to be able to actually hear myself, so maybe I overcompensated. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still thought it sounded really good. Yeah, It it just threw me off at a couple moments, and maybe it is because I'm so used to the old recording that, like, you know, I I was expecting one thing, and it was a little bit different, and it threw me off and distracted me. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I've got the the one aesthetic complaint that I've gotten about that video is sort of a creepy factor. It's very pink. (laughs) Um, No, not the pink. The pink is, you know, it's Valentine's Day. What are you going to do? But... My sister in particular, and I had a couple of comments like this on the video itself, most of them very positive, but some people are unnerved by the style of it involving lots of sort of creepy people. Like, you know, the, there's floating heads and things, there's people popping out of pianos, and I don't know, I'm considering stopping doing that kind of thing. I wonder if it, like, puts people off. I don't know. I thought it, I thought that was excellent. It's really fun. <clears throat> it's It's amazingly fun to do, but... Sometimes, like, I think simpler may be better. Like, right. Hank, Hank Green has this rule of smosh, right? Uh-huh. About his... Have, have I talked about this? Nope. Um, he, he, this, this is what he calls it. The, rules, the rule of smosh in terms of YouTube success, which is that to make a really viral YouTube video, you want to make something that isn't too polished. It's just barely better than somebody thinks they could do. Okay. Right? Right. So you... You don't make it like like if it's if it's too professional, then people say, "Oh, that's not YouTube. That's some professional guy, whatever." Right. Um. It looks it looks sort of contrived and it doesn't belong in the platform. So that's the struggle, right? And I think I've sort of tipped towards large production mm-hmm. a bit in my just being excited that I have all these toys to play with. You know, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I can do this. I can do all this stuff that I've been you know envisioning. But then the end result is that it looks like somebody spent a long time doing it on fancy software. Right. And people don't say, huh, that's just, you know, that's a cool guy doing a thing. They're like, oh, this is a production. Right. Well, maybe you could, because uh, I get it. Like, there is that desire to do, like, the craziest things you possibly can. Yeah. 
but yeah, at the same time, like it, it is a little distancing from the audience as well, right? So what if you like alternated? Did one complicated video, one non-complicated video? Well, that's kind of, I'm, I'm testing the waters, right? I think mm-hmm. this is a really, it's going to be a fun year just because of the volume of stuff I'm putting out. Right. Finally, I'm going to have some, some statistical power to see what works and what doesn't. Right. Before, it was always a crapshoot and there was so many variables because I was writing so much on one video. Right. That I could never distinguish what was working. Mm-hmm. It's just like, well, that whole video worked or didn't work and I couldn't right. break it apart. But now I can sort of yeah Fiddle with things with like monthly uploads it gives you a real consistency so that you can see like okay there is like a gradual slight increase but also these are the things that did better and this is why yeah or like yeah. in general people are just more comfortable with this style or mm-hmm. this range of knowledge base or whatever yeah makes sense yeah yeah i thought this was uh this felt like one of the more accessible videos in terms of like content yeah uh i'm not sure why because i still didn't know what the hell you were talking about but for I think the way that you phrased a lot of the language made it a little bit more easy to understand. Well, I think that I it helps that I'm not an expert in this subject, right? Mm-hmm. So I covered in some sense the basics. Like if I had a PhD in endocrinology, I would definitely not have written it this way. And right. I'm sure that the PhDs of endocrinology would be like, This is amazing, and everybody else would have no clue what I was saying. Right. Right. But this is the kind of thing, like, if you watch this video now, you can go on Wikipedia and read these things and be like, okay, that makes sense. Right. Um, and it's a lot of language you've heard, mm-hmm. right? Like, you might not really know what dopamine does, but you've heard the word. Yeah. Um, or, like, you know, a lot of this stuff. It's sort of, it's one level removed from what you know as opposed to, like, five or six levels removed. Yeah. Well, I feel like my, my biggest issue usually with your stuff lyrically is yeah. that, like, it's a lot of math that I don't understand. Like you'll mm. throw in formulas and things as part of the lyrics and I'll be like, I'm just going to take your word on this. But I felt <laughs> like this one didn't have quite as much of that. Like, Well, there's not really much lyrics. math yeah. involved, right? Because neuroscience is not physics. Like, yeah, it's not physics. Like there are formulas, but they're more models, right? Like they're not, the, they're not actually what's happening. They're people trying to figure out what's happening. Right. Um, and so, especially not knowing much of that, I just sort of do it in qualitative terms. Yeah. Which I think probably is, I don't know, I don't want to take the math out entirely because the no. physicists are like, yay. Yeah, and the math is part of your brand too, yeah. right? Like if you dumb it down too much, then people won't be like, oh, look at how like <laughs> intense this guy is. But at the same time, like there is something a little bit nice about like it being mostly stuff that I can actually kind of understand. Yeah. I, I think it, ultimately it's not really on purpose. I think it's just right. It whatever, just sort of happened. Yeah, it's just whatever I find, whatever is my level is the level I write at. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> so I don't know. Yeah, you got any plans for YouTube stuff? You keep saying uh, that you've uh, you man. Know, you know, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to start back up and do the same thing you're doing. One video per month this okay. year, and it's February, so I clearly am not doing that. Well, uh, it's a new month. But, yeah, exactly. I will. Uh, I'm still writing. We'll see what happens. Okay. I'm kind of have to decide if I want to like take things in a direction of doing stuff mostly on my own or if I want to like put together some kind of group that I do things with. Hmm. Um, yeah. Which is tricky. That was the idea that, you know, back, back when you rebranded your channel as the Zalatni Online Media, Media Group. Right? Yeah. I've officially, as of today, rebranded back to just being Tom Zalatni. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, which I did, did kind of low key. Uh, I actually wanted to do it before anyone started resharing that Lent video from last oh, year. Okay. And then within 10 minutes of like you and JD sharing it, I was like, oh, shit, I haven't done that yet. So I went back and did it. <laughs> uh, just because uh, 
I don't know, one of the guys that I've been talking about doing some sketch comedy stuff with, mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't super sold on the name, and he seems like the person I could rely on the heaviest if I wanted to do stuff with other people. Right. Because uh, he's, like, pretty good with, like, scheduling things and, like, doesn't ever bail and also, like, seems pretty invested in doing stuff. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'm going to move it back to just Tom's a lot and I for now, keep talking with him about stuff, and then figure it out from there. So, I don't know. What can you expect from me video-wise this year? I've got two or three people who have asked me to do music videos for them. Oh, that's so, true. Are they, those will go on, will those go on your channel, do I, you think? or on No like, idea. So, we'll see about that. Also, are there any of those public knowledge, or are we keeping them under wraps? We'll keep now? those on the DL. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. And then I've got uh, a promotional <laughs> video that I have to follow up on that we'll also keep on the DL for now. Basically, a lot of people have asked me to do some contract work for them. None of them have like set things set in stone, so I don't feel like talking about them too much. Fair enough. But I have but, a bunch of things that I could potentially be doing this year. And then in terms of my personal channel, like I want to do some set sketch comedy at some point. I'm not going to say like I'll have it done by this day because that's foolishness. Well, maybe or maybe it'll keep you motivated. It won't. <laughs> <laughs> you get, I guess you know yourself. It does do. help for me. It does really help. It does. Yeah. To have a, a deadline. Well, I think I. Once I have a deadline that I actually see as a deadline, then I can do it. But when it's stuff that I haven't even like figured out what it's going to be yet, I can't set a deadline for that. No? Like if I say I want to do some sketch comedy and I have nothing like no fully written scripts yet and like mm-hmm. only a vague idea of who I'd be working on it with, I can't really say like, oh, I'll have a video out at the end of this month because it's like, who the fuck's going to do it? What is it going to be? How long will it take me to edit? I have no idea. That's true. But if you like... I don't know. I find if I set a deadline, then a lot of those things that I was waiting to get done, I just have to start doing them. You know? Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, I don't have any songs written, but I have this deadline. Well, better write a song. Better <laughs> yeah. go into panic mode. And some, for some reason, when I'm in panic mode, ideas come to me. Yeah. No, I get I that. Know. But that's, I don't know. I think it's, it doesn't always work. And sometimes it ends up with me making things that I'm not satisfied with. Yeah, that's it. That's another thing is that I really want to put focus on making everything that I'm doing this year as good as it possibly can be. Okay. Uh, Because I felt that a lot of what I was doing last year with my videos was just focused on deadlines. Um, Which like like, the weekly upload thing. The weekly upload thing, exactly. But but you couldn't have made, like the the sort of live show kind of thing. You can't really, like there's not, you can't put more work into that, right? Because it's live. Well, it all comes into the editing, right? Like all the work ends up being like post-production. Um, and I guess, I mean, you know, some of the quality comes out of like lighting and camera equipment and stuff, Yeah. uh, which now I have <laughs> so much, uh, but you know, uh, in terms of like, yeah, the actual quality of the product that comes out is like, yeah, it is very much like whatever you can do in post, um, which gets stressful on a weekly basis. I think. Mm, yeah. Um, because not only do you have to have the whole idea done, but then once you've had it all, you've got it all written. And even once you've got it all performed, you're only at the start. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm really finding as well. Yeah, and so I'm kind of like, I'm hesitant to say for sure that I'll have anything done by any certain time at this point. Um, and I also I also think that there's nothing really useful about saying like, oh, I'm working on a thing right now, right? <laughs> like, I, I don't remember who it was who, who posted something about this the other day, but they were like, oh, are you like writing your book or like working on new music or like shooting a movie? Good. Shut up and go do it and tell us when it's done. (laughs) And like, that's kind of been my policy a lot of the time is that like, if people ask me what I'm working on, I'm like, I don't know, I'm working on stuff. And like, I don't like to say like outright, like, oh, I've got a music video that I'm working on right now that's going to be out in such and such amount of time, unless it's like already like done and shot and I just need to edit it and get it up in like two weeks or whatever. Right. Like uh, when we did Lent last year, like 
we hadn't actually like started working on that till two weeks before really right that's true well we'd written it like years past yeah but we didn't really start it until like two weeks before we wanted to get it out yeah so even by the time we like started really working on it at that point i was like okay now i can say this will be out by then yeah but like a week before that when we were starting a toy with the idea i wouldn't have told people like oh yeah i might be shooting a music video with tim like it's Mm. crazy well i don't know well, in any case, if you uh, if you want to keep updated on whatever the heck Tom is going to do this year, you can go and subscribe to Tom's Latinai on YouTube. And as a bonus, if you go and look at his videos, you can go see our music video for Lent, which is a Rent parody that we did last year. And today is the first day of Lent, Ash Wednesday, if so- you are a liturgically minded person. So is Ash Wednesday the first day of Lent? Yes. I've always been a little unclear on that. Yes, Ash Wednesday is the first day of Lent. Okay. Um, it's the day after Shrove Tuesday, also mm-hmm. known as Mardi Gras yeah. in the southern regions. And uh, yeah, did you eat pancakes yesterday? I didn't. No um, pancakes. No. So it was my mom's birthday yesterday. Um, and after a 19-hour flight. Uh, flight <laughs> and, drive. And a 10-hour shift at the office, I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to have dinner with my mom on her birthday. That works. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think that... In years past, if we had seen each other on Shrove Tuesday, we would have had pancakes. But because it was her birthday, she was like, no, no, we're going out for Italian food. We went <laughs> to this really nice Italian place in Verdun uh, and ate like way too much food and probably didn't pay nearly as much as we were supposed to for it. Uh, How does that work? Eh, you know. Uh, your mom uh, knows somebody who knows somebody yeah. who owns the place? I, yeah, something like that. I don't cool. know. They seemed pretty like buddy-buddy with the owner. Um yeah, it was just really good food. Like I had this really nice puttanesca and like puttanesca. And we had this like fantastic plate of like fried fish and like seafood and whatnot and Sounds promising. Uh, everything was just so nice. But, but then yeah, no no pancakes. Was there cake at least? Uh shit. Yeah, there was. There was cake. I mean cake comes in a pan. That's I guess that's true. Yeah. I haven't made a cake in a long time. Do you bake cakes? No, I don't. In pans, but I, I know mean? that I know that <laughs> do I bake cakes in pans? No. Do people bake cakes in pans? Yes, that's why there are cake pans. Hello? Yeah, hey, I heard you guys talking about cakes. Yeah, what's what do, what do you want? It's what? me, the cake boss. Oh, hi cake boss. How you doing? Cake boss. I'm good. I heard you was talking about cakes and asking questions. Yeah, do you cook cakes in a pan? I sure do. I'm cake boss. Okay, well, what kind of pan do you use? I use a cake pan. Oh, interesting. Is there like different types of cake pans? Yeah, we got a whole bunch of different kinds of cake pans. You got round pans, big pans, small pans, square pans, SpongeBob square pans, any kind of pan you need. Cake boss has got the pan for you. What if I want to make like an angel food cake? Yeah, we got angel pans. We got devil pans. What if I want to make like a lemon cake? Yeah, I can get you a pan shaped like a lemon. Wow, really? What if I want to make a lemon cake that's flavored like raspberries? Damn. That's really good. Man, we should make that. Let's do it. Wow, Cake Boss. I'm so glad you're here. Cake Boss. Wow. So, uh, you want to stick around? No, I got to get going. All right, cool. Well, uh, I'll see you on the flip. Ciao. Wow, man. Tom, did you see Cake Boss just came in? Yeah, I I have this problem where as soon as Cake Boss walks in the room, I just have to stay completely silent. Wow, that's, well, I mean, that's unfortunate. He's a cool guy. Yeah, you're like, uh, is he like your idol? Uh, You know, I'm pretty into Cake Boss. Cake Boss! Whoa, there he is. Oh, man, what a dude. What a guy, yeah. I actually don't know who he is, but uh, he makes cakes, I'm guessing? Yeah, I think he has a TV show. Exclusively devoted to cakes? You know it. Like funnel cakes? Uh, Funnel cakes, wedding cakes. Okay. I don't know. All sorts of cakes. Pancakes. Pancakes, probably. Wait, I didn't even ask him if he makes pancakes. Shit. Oh, well. Hang on. We can get Next him time. back. Yo, Cake Boss. Yeah. 
Hey, Cake Boss, is this bit still funny? This is a great bit. Okay, cool. Um, do you make pancakes? Yeah, I make every kind of cake. Okay, but what? What if you make cakes in a pan? Then what's a pancake? Well, it's like. Would you look at the time? I gotta go. <laughs> cake boss. Oh, cake oh, boss. That was cake a, boss. Cake that, boss. That was at least as funny as that guy who replaced Robin, Robin Williams on Good Morning Vietnam. Wait, what? Who wasn't very funny? You're gonna have to tell me what what that is. No, you're just gonna have to watch Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, oh, I want to watch Good Morning Vietnam. Oh well. Over oh, as good as Fraser. Sorry, Fraser. What's as good as Fraser? Us. Uh, at being radio people. That's probably true. Is Fraser good at being a radio person? I think he does a decent job with it. He often brings his own life too much into the things that he's saying to his people. Well, that's like us. Yeah. I mean, we don't even try to not do that. That's like kind of our gimmick. Yeah, we're pretty unabashed about that, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say that, yes, we are at least as good at this as, as Fraser. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. It only took us like eight months. So show of Tuesday. Yeah. I had I had pancakes. I had some pancakes yesterday. I have pancakes. It doesn't really I mean, it's not really a big deal because I have pancakes most days. Really? Because what kind of charmed life do you live that you get pancakes on the reg? Um, the kind of charmed life where I realize pancake mix is like two dollars at the store and it's a lot of food, actually. <laughs> so you know. You get the pancake Angemima? mix. Some old, no, just no name. Damn. Oh. No name. It's it's just as good. That's fair. Honestly, with a lot of these no name things, I'm almost positive that they make them at the same factory and just put them in different boxes. Yeah, it's possible. Like the uh, the soup, for example, like the, you know that Campbell's vegetable soup, the super iconic. Mm-hmm. There is no way that the no name soup tastes identical and looks identical and isn't just made at the same place with the same stuff. I don't know, man. Canned soup is like 90% salt and 10% ingredients. But there is no like there's no difference. Yeah. The letters are the same. The the like the size of the chunks of carrot and their consistency is identical. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's weird. I don't know what they do. I don't know. Someone should tell us what no name, what's the no name secret. Do you guys work at no name? Let us know in the comments. Yeah. Tim, what do you think of my weird like facial hair thing that I've got going on right now? Um, It's a, I don't know. It would probably work better if the rest of your face was shaved because you got this goatee going on, but you haven't (laughs) shaved the rest of the face in a couple of days, I guess. I never shave. I just trimmed it down to like the lowest setting. Okay. Yeah. Because the the way it is now, it looks like you had a really like trim goatee thing going on Mm -hmm. and then you let yourself go. Yeah. That's fair. That's kind of how I am most of the time, though, at least on the like letting myself go front. Yeah. But I liked it. I, I, I like the combination of this facial hairstyle with the slick back hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, I was kind of going for like a Lin-Manuel Miranda thing. Yeah. Well, you need a bit more of a like ponytail. Yeah. I'm not there yet. Oh. It's been like three months longer than it should have been since my last haircut, but mm. I need another like three or four before I can pull it back at all. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. Oh, well. What are you giving up for Lent? Um, shoot, I haven't even thought about that. Have you got anything? I'm going to give up meat. Really? Well, okay, with the caveat of like, if aren't I we go going, somewhere... Aren't we like going to get meat immediately following this podcast? No, no, we were only doing that if you got here on time. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm giving up meat um, except in, in circumstances where people are serving it to me 
like and i'm not paying for it okay because like you know i'm not gonna like i will never be the type of person who has dietary preferences that affect my ability to be hosted by somebody okay because i think those people are shitty (laughs) well unless they have actual dietary needs in which case okay well yeah like i will i will tell people that i can't do too much dairy yeah but like i'm never gonna be like yeah you know i'm a vegetarian so like sorry that you prepared this nice meat like i'm not gonna eat it like that's shitty I think people who do that are shitty, just well, unequivocally. It's how is it someone's fault if they're vegetarian and somebody serves meat? Well, you know, like, like if you were only vegetarian for that evening, that would be kind of a shitty thing to do. But like if you're right. vegetarian as a as a lifestyle, well, you know, yeah. And I mean, generally, people who are like inviting someone over to their house check if they have any dietary preferences. Yeah. So it's you know it's almost always a non-issue, but like. Like, know. if you're actually vegetarian, you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to eat meat now. Right. Like, you're going to be sick. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, I don't know. I think in terms of, like, in terms of things that are just preferences as opposed to, like, large choices. Yeah. So, like, for instance, like, I don't like whipped cream. I can handle it, but I don't like it. Like, I don't think it adds anything to a meal. Okay. I'm not going to brush it off of a cake that someone serves me if they've already put whipped cream on it. Huh. Okay. It's not like a food allergy, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like, you know, if I was allergic to nuts and someone gave me a cake with nuts on it, then I'd be like, oh, I, li- this will literally kill me. Yeah. But if I just don't like nuts, I'm going to eat the cake anyway. So you find it to be a matter of etiquette to eat a thing that someone has prepared if you don't like it? I think so. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't have to go for seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if, you know, if they serve it to you and you don't have any like real reason not to eat it beyond it just not being your favorite thing, like you yeah. should probably still eat it. Yeah, to me, it sort of depends. Like, if there's a kitchen table, if, if I'm at someone's place and they, they've got, like, something set out at the table and there's, like, five or six things that they've made. Right. And I like four or five of them. Oh, then you're totally not the other fine. One, yeah. Then it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to eat that one that I don't like. Yeah, that's fine. It's once it's be... on my plate, I'm going to eat it. Huh. Is basically okay. what I'm saying. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, you can't... Like, I went uh, I went to a, a friend of ours's place for Thanksgiving a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did, like, they'd put out Brussels sprouts in addition to everything else that they were putting out. Okay. Um, and it was one of those situations where the first plate was like made for you and then everything else was just in the middle so you could help yourself to seconds of everything. Right. Uh, and like, I don't like Brussels sprouts. Uh, although I found out recently that I can totally eat them if they've just been fried, but if they're boiled, which these ones were, they smell so bad to me, I can't do it. Interesting. I find that like all those cruciferous vegetables are nasty to me until mm. I completely soak them in butter and then they're good. That's fair. Yeah. No, there's one thing like like every other vegetable like that. I'm like, okay, like I can handle these, you know, even if I don't love them. But Brussels sprouts like have a very distinct smell when they've been boiled. That smells just like the uh, the fish tank of the frog I used to own. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so like I just can't do it when they smell like that. Uh, And I went to these people's house for Thanksgiving one year and uh, they, you know, served Brussels sprouts and it was already on my plate. And I was like, okay. I'm going to eat these, and then when I go for seconds, I'm just not going to take any extra. Okay. And I made it work, and it was fine, and it was only a little traumatizing. But uh, I don't know. Brussels sprouts aren't the worst thing, though. What is the what is your worst food? Like, the thing that you... Like, I'm not talking about disgusting things that, like, people don't usually eat in our culture. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you've, like, if you've at some point eaten, like rotted tofu or something like that but like things in yeah things in regular life that you encounter what is your least favorite thing oh man that's a tough one because i thought it was brussels sprouts okay and then like a little while ago uh, i went to another friend of ours place and she made brussels sprouts with the dinner she was making but like cut them up and fried them Mm. and they were great i didn't even notice they were brussels sprouts Hmm. like they just tasted fine 
Um, and so then I was like, like, okay, maybe I don't hate Brussels sprouts then. They like burned away the soggy taste. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but yeah, don't boil them. Fried broccoli is definitely my favorite kind of broccoli oh, as well. Yes. When you fry some broccoli with like oil and garlic and some pepper and oh some jalapenos. I love broccoli so much. It's really, really good. The uh, the Chinese place across the street does a really good beef and broccoli. Yeah. Oh, man. Beef and broccoli. Oh, man. It's, it's good. Like, it's so good. Wasn't, didn't we have a prime minister named Beef and Broccoli? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, it was Beef and Bacon. That's right. Beef and Bacon was the name of our, pres- our prime minister in like the 50s. Beef and Bake Boss. Yeah. <clears throat> Is that real? No. What was the real name? Beef and Baker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. He was a, he was a guy. He did a thing. Mm. Hey, U.S. things, politics. Yeah. Thoughts? Happy almost birthday, Lincoln. Yeah. That's Happy- where you were going with that, right? Nope. <laughs> oh, well, Lincoln's birthday is on Friday. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. And Washington's birthday is two Mondays from now. How old is Lincoln? Dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's his age. <laughs> <laughs> the age of all people who have, who have already died is dead. Yeah. The age of a lot of people who are currently alive is dead. I would dispute that. Would you? Yes. Yeah. Okay, what age is John Cena? Um I have no clue. Dead. That's not a good that's not a reasoning. You sure. don't have reasons behind check, that. Check Wikipedia right now. Wow, I did not, but I know that you're wrong. I'm gonna Google it real quick. You're gonna go on Wikipedia and change it. Just typing in the, the That's not how you telephone. Uh, that's how you type in on Google. You never used a phone before? No. Hang I on. have not. Not not one that involves slap activated technologies. It's called slaptivated. Okay. Come on, Tim. Yeah, Siri. Is John Cena dead? Hmm. I believe John Cena is still alive. Well, well, you're wrong. Also, you didn't pronounce his last name properly. Or at least Siri believes that you're wrong in yeah. any case. Well, I don't take Siri seriously if she can't pronounce John Cena's last name properly. (laughs) Seriously. Hey, have you heard Siri beatbox? What? Let's listen to Siri beatbox. Hey, Siri, can you beatbox for me? Here's one I've been practicing boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots. I could do this all day. Cats and boots and 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 cats. There you have it. Whoa! We should have we should have done a freestyle rap, but it goes by a little bit quickly. That's amazing. Anyways, if you if you got an iPhone, do that. That's that's good. I like that. She's got a lot of little Easter eggs in her. Yeah, yeah. Especially posting each season. Easter season. No, but the politics. I was thinking the the New Hampshire primary was yesterday. Oh, how'd that go? There weren't really any surprises. Bernie Sanders won. Donald Trump won. And uh, now we wait some more. That's going to be it, eh? It's going to be Trump what? against Sanders. I don't. I don't know. I. I. The. The Trump thing is. They're both possibly unlikely for different reasons. Hmm. Like Bernie Sanders, this was kind of. Like these were his best states, possibly. New Hampshire has he had stronger showing in New Hampshire than anywhere else. Right. And now he's got a battle for all these southern states that don't like him at all. Right. So far. Like mm. they're all really heavy for Hillary, so we'll see, you know. Right. On March 1st there's going to be some, how many there's like 11 or something different states voting. Mm. So that'll be a huge thing if you have to campaign for the next few weeks. Right. Um yeah, Donald Trump seems to be like 
he's surviving based on the rest of the party just squabbling yeah. so much. It's great. Well, Everybody like... keeps presuming that somebody will knock him down, and so they battle with each other. But they keep, like, like Marco Rubio was kind of in a place to start, and then Chris Christie, like, demolished him. Mm. And now there's just, there's no one. There's yeah. no one there. There's yeah. Still... That's the, tragedy the, of the commons. That's the problem on the Republican end, I think, is that there's too many potential candidates. Yeah, and, and none, none of them, them want to drop out. Like, none yeah. of them have enough of a lead that they can get behind them. So everybody is waiting for somebody else to drop out, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, if it's a classic thing in game theory where, like, for any given person in that scenario, it's a bad strategy for them to be the one to leave. Right. So no one's going to leave, but the, as a result of that, they're all going to lose. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> Man. Anyways. Mm. Yay. But yeah, so... Uh, Sadness. Giving up meat for Lent. <laughs> okay. Uh, just because I feel like I ate too much in Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a decision that came recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I decided like yesterday. Like I hadn't really thought about Lent at all until I okay. realized it was coming up. And uh-huh. I was like, hmm. I always give up some kind of like food based thing thinking like this will be like a good way to remind myself that like, you know, the best form of sustenance is like spiritual food uh, and that also you're a fat ass and need to deal with yourself. Right. Uh, and so like last year I gave up takeout for all of Lent, um, which led to me like cooking more and like actually going out to places to eat instead of like just ordering in. Mm. Um but I feel like this year I should do something a little more drastic because I'm so fat right now, Tim. <laughs> I'm so fat. Well, that's that's fair. Ugh. So, yeah, I'm going to give up meat. Well, meat uh, will help. Meat is a very rich source of you know nutrients and, and fat and yeah. energy and stuff. Exactly. Which and is like, good when you're starving and bad when you already got too much food in you. Well, that's it. And like I've definitely gone like a few days in a row without eating meat before and been totally fine. Mm. Yeah. I just like meat a lot. Did uh, you know that some like there's... Some evidence that meat eating is what caused humans to become as smart as we are. I'd believe it. It was just because, like, we're not evolutionarily designed really as meat eaters. Like, if you look at our physiology, we're pretty, like, we've got the the blunt teeth for grinding and Mm -hmm. we don't really have claws and stuff. Like, we're not really made to hunt things. Yeah. You know? But at some point way back in the day, like, maybe the plant situation was just getting worse and worse or something. Um, Or we found ourselves in a spot because this was back when there weren't that many humans right they were all in kind of one location in africa right um we found ourselves having easier access to meat than like plants given the amount of energy it was and that was really when our brains started expanding right and it's theorized that like us finding that source of abundant energy was what made it worth the cost of our brain using so much of the energy of our bodies. Because our brain uses something like 20% of your body's energy. Right. And without meat, we might never never have made that step. Huh. Which is funny, because now that we are developed, we can look at ourselves and be like, you know, meat is objectively not the best thing for us to be eating. Right. But we <clears throat> might have needed it. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's like it was a necessary evil, but now that we know that it was a necessary evil, we can stop eating it. Yeah. And now that we have like modern vegetarian diets, like it's mm-hmm. completely fine. Like you, you can not eat meat and be perfectly healthy. Yeah. Although it's so much more work. <laughs> <laughs> like I have I have a good friend uh, from high school who uh, who's been vegan for a long time. And like every vegan time, is difficult. Yeah. Every time she tells me what she eats. It. Yeah. Every time she tells me about the food that she eats in order to get the things that she needs. And you know she tells me about it 
fucking all the time because vegans. <laughs> I'm always like, yeah, that sounds like way too much work. <laughs> well, you know, you have to you have to actually have a conviction for it. You know, yeah, exactly. You really, it's not something. I don't think veganism is something you do because, like, eh. I might as well. Maybe we'll be vegan. I feel like Hank Green put out a video about that a little while ago. How he like knows that objectively it is like so so significantly better for him and for the world if he were to become a vegan and if everyone were to become a vegan. Yeah, but that he just is not going to do it, <laughs> or, or at least to become a vegetarian. Yeah, he's done a couple of videos on that. Yeah, too. and the re- the more recent one was a lot more like introspective. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, about yeah like why is that yeah and how do i justify that to myself and can i justify it to myself right yet i'm gonna keep doing it yeah exactly and sort of where i'm at is that like i recognize that like you know probably it is healthier to not eat too much meat and like more ethical and like maybe better for the environment oh it's definitely better for the environment and it's definitely better for like the world's food supply Mm mm-hmm yeah. And so like, you know, I think that there's ways that you can eat meat while still being conscious of those things. Um, and one of those ways, the way that I choose is to just feel guilt every time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a way that helps the situation at all. It's not, but like, it's how I reconcile it to myself. I know? think if people just like, you know, you could do a lot more because people recoil at the idea of like, oh, you can never have bacon again. You can never have a burger again. Right. But like there's this it's weird that we eat meat like at least two meals out of our day every day. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of excessive. You know, yeah. if, if people even cut it down to like one mm-hmm. meat a day, they would have solved half the problem. Well, that's what I was doing actually when I was living with you um, <clears throat> because the girls were vegetarian or whatever. Yeah. Um, we didn't really eat meat at home. And so I would only eat meat at lunchtime because mm-hmm. that's when I would be buying food at work. Right. And, like, I'm pretty sure that was when I was, like, the slimmest that I've been since I moved out. Yeah. And now that I'm living here on my own, it's like, oh, yeah, actually, like, I'm just going to eat meat every meal. And, like, you know, now I'm fat. Well, what I tend to do is I'll I'll use, and this is more because meat is prohibitively expensive a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Right. Is that I'll, I'll tend to use meat as, like, a flavoring, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, it's it's almost like a spice. <laughs> like you know the way you you'll, you'll sprinkle some meat on that like you'll put some some meat in like a meat sauce or something right and it lasts for freaking like a month because you have made a large amount of sauce and right. you mostly are eating pasta right but you still have the flavor of the meat because it's sort of embedded in it right yeah so you stretch it out whereas that amount of meat would make like five hamburgers and yeah. i would eat it in two days two days that's restraint well five, how many hamburgers do you eat in one day I mean, if I make five hamburgers, I'm probably going <laughs> to eat like three or four of them and then the next one tomorrow. That's fair. Yeah. But I can't really, yeah, I can't really claim that as moral high ground because honestly, it's just because whenever I go past the meat aisle, I'm like, wow, like $14 for that amount of meat? Meat is crazy expensive. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because it takes so much energy and food to make. Yeah. To make that amount of meat is like, you have to use like 20 times the amount of grain. Yeah. It's wild. So. Nah. But yeah, so we'll see. I'm going to I'm going to give up meat in any context that isn't like I'm at someone's house and they're serving me meat. Right. Um so like, you know, if I go to someone's house who knows that I've given up meat for Lent, then I will, you know, and then they still choose to make meat for dinner, I'm still going to eat that meat. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, yeah, thanks for the loophole. <laughs> um, Very nice. Yeah, but I'm not going to basically I'm just I've given functionally I'm giving up paying money for meat for okay. Lent. So if you find a pigeon on the sidewalk, 
Mm. Fair game. Okay. That's yeah. good. Because you don't want to... I mean, that's just going to waste if you don't eat that. Yeah. I mean, pigeon is actually called fair game when you buy it at a restaurant because it's the kind of meat that they eat at, like, carnivals. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Carnies live almost exclusively on pigeons. Yeah. They're delicious. I think that's true. Pigeon is probably not the worst. Oh, pigeon is a... I mean, that's why the passenger pigeon is extinct because everybody ate it. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Do you know You know the, the Quebec dish tourtière? Yeah. It's a meat pie, right? That used to be made with pigeon? So, and I'm not sure if you know this, but there's a there's a bridge going out towards the, from the, from the West Island over to Hudson. It's yeah. called the Ile aux Tourtes Bridge. Yeah. Um, called, based on the island of Tourtes. The Tourtes was a passenger pigeon. Oh. Um, and it was, that bridge was there. Be, well, the island came from the fact that the island was a, like a nesting ground for passenger pigeons. Right. And tourtière used to be made entirely out of tourtes. Whoa. And then we killed them all. So now we make it out of pork and beef and stuff. Right. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, they were just too easy to kill, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, now we just have these rock pigeons that live <laughs> in the cities and no one wants to eat them because they eat nothing but garbage. I love that they're like like the normal name for, well, like, you know, you call them pigeons, right? Like yeah. the gray the gray bir- birds that you find yeah. in cities. But like their their official name or whatever is rock dove. Yeah. Like that's so badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they were like, before there were cities... Rock doves were very specialized creatures, right? Because right. they only lived on cliffs. Yeah. But now, but then we just came along and put cliffs everywhere. Yeah. Every building is a cliff and they're like, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to live here. <laughs> and I mean, urban centers draw a lot more like, you know, crowds of people. And so it makes a lot of sense for the rock doves to move into the city because they've got yeah. a bigger audience they can play for. Uh huh. You know, there's more venues, there's more access to like drinks and food and cigarettes. Yeah. It's they, everything they, they were can, about. They can, you know do their whole peace thing, peace Nick uh, to a large audience with blaring speakers and yeah. guitar solos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a band called the Rock Doves yet? There should be. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> Siri. I'm not going to ask Siri. Why not? She can't even pronounce John Cena properly. S- how do you know it's not Senna? Huh? Maybe he just repronounced it because he wanted to sound cooler for the opening. Maybe. That's possible. Uh, there's a band, there's a rock band from England called Doves. Well, that's... uh, That's not what I'm asking for. No. The Rock Doves. Okay, Rock Dove is in fact a band, uh, at least as as far as Bandcamp is concerned. Is it a Christian band? Uh, they last released something in 2011. I bet we could probably get the, you know, steal the name from them. That's probably true. Yeah. Hmm. Well, then... Yeah, I think for Lent, I haven't thought much about it. I've been thinking, actually, I don't know, this might be get, get kind of personal, but I, I feel like maybe my resolution for Lent will be, like, just to take my faith seriously. Okay. Um, because I feel like, like, I am a Christian, but I feel like for the past couple of months, I've been in a bit of, like, a seeking space of, mm-hmm. like, sort of going back to some of the fundamentals and being like, well, why do I think that's true? Right. Um, And sort of in... In that willingness to um, look at those big questions and realize that maybe some of my answers are like suspect or that I have to go and, and check on them, there's sort of an apathy that creeps in as well. You know, right. when you're when you're not totally sure that something is like legit, then you are. It's hard to do anything that requires effort mm. going towards that thing, right? Because there's always sort of this nagging thing in your mind, like, eh, like that's that might be true, but it might also not. Right. Right. Um, So that's why I'm not a vegetarian. (laughs) Fair. Yeah. So I think like 
for for this Lent, like I'm I'm going to, I guess, do the experiment because when I talk to a lot of people about this, what they say is, well, you know, you like the only real way to do this is to give it a try, mm. and like I have done that for a lot of my life, and I sort of took a step back a little bit, and so for a lot of the sort of like ritual stuff, I was like, oh, this what does this really mean, you know? Mm. So um, so what are you? going to try now then i don't know i think just like <clears throat> go towards opportunities to like live my faith okay as opposed to kind of backing away from them because i'm unsure of them okay so like for the next 40 days i'm a uh, yeah i'm gonna do that i guess i'm still really involved in a lot of like you know christian settings and like the newman catholic center and stuff so it shouldn't be difficult right right like i always get opportunities to do this kind of stuff Right. Um, so, so it's more just taking those opportunities to like serve and be with people and like talk and engage questions about your faith as yeah. opposed to just kind of socializing, I guess. Yeah. And to do that, I think also as a with a group as opposed to by myself. So I think I've spent a lot of the past little while sort of researching on my own mm-hmm. and I'm kind of stuck, I right. guess. Um, so yeah, I've, it's, I feel like sometimes you do need objective dif- distance. But yeah. as long as it happens to be Lent and I should be doing something different, take yeah, these might as well. 45 days and see what happens. Well, that's it. And like Lent is like, <clears throat> Lent is not just about giving up your vices, right? Yeah. Like Lent is supposed to be about giving up vices and like making sacrifices of things that you like genuinely enjoy doing so that you can spend more time with God. Mm-hmm. And so like if you want to, for Lent, give up not spending time with god that's pretty that's pretty <laughs> legit right like, yeah that's, that's kind of exactly what it's going for yeah it's sort of the point is to yeah. sort of like it's it's essentially an annual redirect yeah of like okay like generally throughout the whole year you're supposed to be a kind of repenting of stuff and like turning back to god but lent is a period of like really intentionally doing that yeah and uh yeah i think that's cool that's good yeah. nice how about valentine's day what you doing <laughs> uh i'm probably gonna get a bottle of wine and uh, <laughs> lock myself in the bathroom for a couple hours i don't know uh you know being single is, at valentine's is always fairly uneventful valentine's is, is sunday right yeah it's this sunday so i'm going to church on valentine's well, that's, uh, that's helpful you know, jesus is my date jesus is my valentine <laughs> yay <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, there's always there's always the Feast of the Odes of Strasbourg. Yeah, I wonder if we're doing anything for that this year. I'm not entirely sure. We should. For those of you who are not aware, mm-hmm. um, back in the day, the grandsons of Charlemagne were at war with each other. One of them, Lothair, I believe, the Holy Roman Emperor at the time, who was not holy and not Roman and not really an emperor, but he was the Holy Roman Emperor. He was battling with the other two, whose names I can't remember, Charles the Bald and Louis the German. I do remember them. There we go, yeah. Um, and they, uh, Charles the Bald and Louis the German had sort of been at each other's throats a little bit, and their uh, their armies had been in conflict. But they decided on February the 14th, some year that I don't remember, in the 700s, um, that they would join forces and swear oaths of fealty and love to each other. Um, and that their armies would swear oaths of fealty and love to each other in their respective languages, because Charles the Bald, the Bald spoke um, a version of French that exists in the 700s, and Louis the German spoke German-ish. It's very strange languages. They're not really the modern versions of these languages, but they're one of the first linguistic documents that we have of these two languages because they spoke the same exact speeches to each other mm-hmm. in these languages. So it's kind of like a Rosetta Stone for early European stuff. Um, and so to celebrate this linguistic event and the brothers coming together to 
basically kill their, uh, kill their other brother. brother. Um, we celebrate the Feast of the Odes of Strasbourg on February the 14th. So we Tim, read the Odes together. This week on the podcast, I would like to shake hands with you in the middle here real quick uh, and agree to murder Simon together. I am down with that. Except can you tell me that in German, please? Um, because my ancestry is German. Ich bin eine Berliner. I can respond in Hungarian. Paprika. Nice. We did it. Cool. Do you have German ancestors? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, I have German and French. Right. So I guess I could I could be both. Yeah. I mean, my ancestors are all German, so I don't... Huh. Yeah. And Wait. Austrian. And uh, what about Hungarian? Well, everyone in Hungary is German or Australian. Uh, Australian. <laughs> yeah. My great... Or... <laughs> yeah. So everyone... after after sending the, the criminals to Australia, yeah. the Australians, you know, once things settled down, were like... Got real oh, hungry. No, no. The, once, once everything settled down in Australia, the new criminals got shipped off to Hungary because <laughs> they were like, man, what's worse than down here? Right there. <laughs> <laughs> we're back in the middle of that place we hate because we all got sent away from it. Yeah. That makes sense. No, but my my grandparents are both Hungarian, but Wait, their so there's parents no, like, are from like Austria and Germany. There's so. no native population of Hungary. Oh, I'm sure there are. They're uh, like the Romani people. Oh, yeah. oh that's why, because you yeah. booted them out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, set them wandering. Yeah, well, they are. Really, I like thought the Romani people were from Romania, or they is that... are, but I mean, they're also from like a whole lot of places in Europe. Okay. Yeah, it's more of a, yeah, it's a spreading thing. Well, I don't know. I'm sure there's people who are natively Hungarian. My family is just not one of them. I see. Yeah. So your family is Hungarian the way my family is Canadian. Yeah. Well, it's like my grandparents are Hungarian the way that my mom is Canadian. Ah. In that, like, they were born in Hungary, but their parents were not. I see. Yeah. So you're a... That makes you a weird combination of generations of immigrants. Sure. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you're, you're like, you're... Your immigrant generation only applies to the current country you live in. Probably. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to, because then it just goes back way too far, because we're all from one place to begin with anyway, right? True. Abraham's nutsack. That's not true, because you're not Jewish. Sorry. Yeah, fair enough. Although... Attila the Hun's nutsack. (laughs) Uh, You you mean Genghis Khan. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Genghis Khan, for sure. Yeah, we're probably... All descended from Genghis Khan. I do have a, a Hungarian third cousin named Attila. Really? Yeah. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Are the Huns, do the Huns have any connection to Hungary? Man, I don't know. I know more about American history than I do about European history. Yeah. Well, and probably also more than I know about Canadian history. Someone needs to write a musical about European history. I mean, you know a lot about that period after the French Revolution, right? I do. I know a fair bit about that. Basically, we know things that have been made into musicals. Oh, man. Man, I know, like, early 90s New York so well. I feel like I would love to do a podcast where every week I I watch Rent with somebody. doesn't necessarily have to be the same person every week. Okay. Like, I will do this every week with a different person or sometimes with the same person a few weeks in a row. And we just like deconstruct parts of rent. Okay. I feel like that'd be fun hmm. for no one except me. Well, it would be fun. There's some pretty, like, you know, there's some rent heads out there. Oh, yeah, totally. Rent has still like a surprisingly devoted following. Yeah. And I feel being like so old. I feel like we know enough people that we could cast rent if we wanted to. Probably. And like, you I went to see rent, eh? Yeah. I went to see McGill's production of Mag- rent. McGill rent. It was not bad. Yeah. There was a lot that I would have done differently, and there was a lot of technical issues with the sound. 
Mm. Where it just kind of seemed like their sound guy wasn't paying attention. And you as a sound guy would find that especially irksome. Oh, so irksome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, I mean, it was well performed entirely. You know, there were just a lot of technical issues and a couple of, like, directorial things that I was like, that's iffy. I see. But, you know. Yeah. Is there a lot, like, because Rent is a much longer musical than the movie right was yeah. there a lot of mu- music that you didn't know or have you already sort of been on the up and up of the entire like soundtrack so like the the stuff there's not really any like long songs or anything that happen in the stage musical that don't happen in the movie okay at least in like terms of theme like you know there's like variants on stuff that they do in the movie because uh, most musicals are like that there will be like you know a lot of little reprises of like themes coming back or whatever yeah uh, and like, <clears throat> <Bless you. laughs> sorry. Do you ever just like need to yawn and stretch in the middle of a sentence? People, they say people sigh about twelve times per hour. Well, <clears throat> that's seems... actually pretty necessary for you having enough oxygen in your blood. That's probably true of me. This episode, I've been sighing a lot. <laughs> um, no, so like, there were a lot of things where I was like, oh, I've never heard that line before, or like, there's there's like one song I think that they sing a few times. One song, uh, glory. No, not that one. Although one there, song before I go. Man, my one issue with this production of Rent, my my one major issue apart from just, you know, tech issues, was that their Roger was not Roger enough. He was wimpy. <laughs> he didn't have that uh, that belt that you love. He was wimpy. Oh, your words are nice, Mimi. Yeah, he was just really wimpy. Like, just every, everything. Like, there were parts where I was like, why aren't you singing, like, high right now? And, hmm. like, why aren't you, like, putting any like emotion in it like he just played him as like a sad character uh and like roger is kind of a whiny bitch he's sad but, but then he has outbursts of rage well, and the thing is like roger's vocals are supposed to be like kind of rock star vocals yeah you know his persona is whiny bitch but his vocals aren't supposed to be whiny bitch because this he's guy a rock sang... star he's a, he's a sad rock star that's his character right? yeah and this guy just sang like a sad pop star and i was uh. like uh it's not doing it for me oh your words are nice it was just a lot of like, ugh. <laughs> but everyone else was really, really well cast. And well, like, you know, apart from the technical issues, it was a good show. Well done, Miguel. Yeah. If you're listening to this, we'd like you. Yeah. Hail alma mater and all that. Yeah. I have a, a, a friend of mine was in it as like one of the like chorus members. Okay. Uh, and she got to sing this, the solo on Seasons of Love, like in the middle of the show. Oh, like the and really like, high one. <clears throat> yeah. And like rocked it. And I was like, all right, nice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it was a decent production. I don't know. It's hard when you know a show inside and out and you go see like a not like super expensive, like high production version of it. That's true. But I wonder if like knowing the recorded version colors it as well, because recorded Mm -hmm. versions are always like, you know, you can think of it as live but it's not you know like right, they've, totally. they've done all the the audio tricks that i do when i record right like you yeah even if you don't auto-tune which they i presume they didn't auto-tune although with rosario dawson i feel like they might have auto-tuned a little there bit. are a couple moments eh, where um, where it seems like that yeah. but uh but even when you're not doing that like when you're when you're recording you record like 10 takes of something and then you'll, oh, totally. chop, you'll chop bits and choose like the best stuff yeah so that you get like the every line is exactly how you wanted it to be. And then yeah. if you memorize that and you go into a stage production, like, I don't know, it probably colors it somewhat. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I mean, I'm, I think I've gotten pretty good at like not expecting everything to sound exactly the way that it sounds on like a recording I'm used to. Yeah. Um, 
but it's more like you know i think that the energy should still be there yeah and that was my issue was that like there were a couple of moments where i was like this is the wrong energy yeah, in the end it's really do you feel it right exactly like, yeah I, you don't have to be perfect on every note but do i yeah yeah d- does this still hit me the way it's supposed to exactly yeah. and like a lot of like live performances that do like a longer run like sometimes they'll change lines right mm. like they'll like change the melody on the line for a certain part just because like the performer was like i'm gonna try this this night yeah and, like you know it's kind of fun yeah and th- that's super fun and like you know we do that when we're like jamming or whatever like you know yeah of course yeah so uh so I, I never expect it to sound exactly the same but in terms of like audio production i expect a certain quality uh and like i think i don't know there was one whole scene where like the guy playing mark had his microphone turned off oh no uh, and i don't know i still don't know if he had his mic turned off or if the sound guy didn't notice that the mic was off uh. but it was really hard because he had a bunch of parts he was supposed to sing in that scene and like I, you could hear him because he was singing loud but like oh man it was rough it pulls you out of it it's technical problems it's yeah. the thing with te- technical stuff is that when it works you don't notice yeah when it doesn't work you if some everything is wrong yeah that's it yeah it's it's rough hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that brings us to the <coughs> beautiful end of our show for this week. <coughs> so if you uh, if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash... I almost said acapella science. <laughs> patreon.com slash up for discussion um, to, uh, you know, give us some things. I'm sorry, but I have a Patreon too, and I'm used to saying that at the end of videos. Okay, hang on. (laughs) You say that at the end of the video like once a month, and you say this every week. Yeah, but then I listen to that ending a lot of times. (laughs) (laughs) Patreon.com slash up for discussion. You can support us. Um, Join the likes of some cool people that we know who are supporting us. Like Patrick and Joanne. And Nathan. Yeah. They're all really cool. So if you want to be really cool. cool like them... You can give us money. And as you do, you know, if we get enough money, maybe we'll up the production value. Maybe we'll be able to afford instruments other than this $30 ukulele or however much it costs. I think it was like a $60 ukulele. Yeah, it's not bad if it's a ukulele, actually. Yeah, we have, uh, it's cool, actually. Patreon just changed their, like, interface or whatever. Yeah, the the pages look fun. They look different, yeah. And uh, when you go on our page, you can see how close we are to our next, like, milestone goal. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you're the type of person who likes to like the gamification of these kinds of things that really appeals to me because I see it and I'm like oh they can see a bar moving closer toward our next goal like that I don't know I'd be more inclined to donate what is our next goal uh, $20 and then we will be able to afford to have a website nice <clears throat> yeah we might get a website before then but you know <laughs> we, won't, we just won't be able to afford it we just won't be able to afford it which didn't stop us from starting the podcast in the first place well you gotta run a deficit for a while <laughs> yeah exactly See how these things work but no thanks to uh thanks to our latest uh patron nathan we are making 80 cents a month more than we are spending on the show well... um, <clears throat> which is cool wow yeah. yeah yeah and uh you you know you can follow us at acapella science at tom's latini if you can subscribe to our YouTube's also Acapella Science and Tom Zalatni. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you can celebrate the Feast of the Odes of Strasbourg with your family and friends. By vowing with one sibling to kill the other. Or at least be enemies with them forever. Yeah. And like eat some desserts and sausages and stuff. And like it's okay if you break that vow because the brothers didn't end up keeping it. Didn't they? No, not really. Oh, they eventually shit. turned against each other. But wow. like, that's history. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think that's all we've got to say to you guys. Yeah. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, 
a topic that was requested by our newest Patreon subscriber, Nathan. And we're going to talk about uh, El Nino. El Nino. Oh, El Nino. So come back next week for a, a scintillating discussion about El Nino. Mmm, spicy. Take <laughs> boss.